When I grow up, I want to work for a woke company. Like super woke. When I grow up, when I grow up, I want to be hired based on what I look like rather than my skills. I want to be judged by my political beliefs. I want to get promoted based on my chromosomes. When I grow up, I want to be offended by my coworkers and walk around the office on eggshells and have my words policed by HR. Words like grandfather, peanut gallery, long time no see, no can do. When I grow up, I want to be obsessed with emotional safety and do workplace sensitivity training all day long. When I grow up, I want to climb the corporate ladder. Just by following the crowd. I want to be a conformist. I want to weaponize my pronouns. What are pronouns? It's time to grow up and get back to work. Introducing the number one woke-free job board in America, redballoon.work. Hey, y'all, welcome to Cross Politics. It's good to be back. I was just in the uh, promised land. Where were you? Um, Texas. Oh. Yeah, I did I did shocked. see a couple of Oklahomans in, in the state. It's a little weird. I'm like, what, what happened to Border Patrol? I don't know. <laughs> Patrick told me Chuck Knox, I'm the water are boy. Are slaves free in Texas yet, Gabe? Uh, <laughs> are the slaves free in Texas yet? Yes, they are. Oh, okay. All yes, right. they are. Not by I'm, I'm also going to be in southern Idaho on Wednesday and Thursday. I'm speaking in Idaho Falls at Where a stand for Idaho. Uh, you are event. busy. I know, I know. And then I'm going to be speaking at a Patriots for Idaho event in Boise at the Well Church. The Well Church in Boise. Josh Bells, if he, we've yeah. had him on on the show before. Yeah. Uh, Patriots for Idaho. Theo Wold is going to be joining me. He's oh. our Solicitor General. And then uh, Pastor Danny. I don't know if you guys remember Pastor Danny. He's going to be joining me yeah. at Patriots for Idaho. So stand for Idaho. That's this weekend? Um, that's Thursday, Wednesday and Thursday. So Idaho Falls Wednesday okay. and then um, Boise Thursday. Hey, so, Pastor Toby, did you know that Gabe's been arrested? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> yeah. Everybody else is just finding that out. Uh, really? Yeah. It's they going everywhere. Did you, did you see New, the York New York Post, Post uh, art, uh, headlines yeah, for, this morning for singing songs. So I went on Fox and Friends yesterday, and and one of the points I said was, you know, new liberalism is basically a cult, right? And that was the headline from New Where'd York go, Post. Man. I was like, so Where, good, thank you. You, you, picked, yeah. you picked it up. That's yeah. something that you share with our guest today. You guys have both been arrested. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> me, and, me and me and the shaman. That's yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, Gravity Jack is a full service digital agency specializing in development of virtual and augmented reality experiences, mobile apps, blockchain, and Web three projects. Founded in 2009 as the first American agency to offer augmented reality. They even patented it. Gravity Jack's digital experiences have been a source of innovation for small business, Fortune 500 companies, and the U.S. military. So get your vision in motion today at gravityjack.com. Real quickly, before I introduce our guest, actually, I had one other plug I was going to mention. There's a new church starting down in Tri-Cities, Washington. Oh, uh, Christ Church Tri-Cities. Oh, that's right. Um, check, Let's go. Uh, check it out. Christ Church Tri-Cities.org. Um, they haven't started meeting yet, but there's some contact information there. So if you or someone you know is in Tri-Cities looking for a new faithful church, uh, check out Christ Church uh, Tri-Cities.org. Tri-Cities, yeah. Washington. CRC, and Gra- yeah. Gravity yeah. Jacks actually got an investment opportunity coming up for those who are... We're going to be talking about that. Pretty sweet. Hey, we're really excited and thankful to have Mr. Jake and Jelly Chansley, or as you may know him, the Q Shaman, as the media prefers, made nationwide news for his participation in the January 6th Capitol so-called riots. He was in the U.S. (laughs) Navy as now a podcaster, and and we know him very um, well, affectionately here as Mr. Tumnus. That's right. That's Uh, that's right. Jake, thank you. Sorry, Jake. Thanks for joining us on Cross Politics, man. (laughs) Mr. Tumnus, I know that name. C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis. Uh, oh, okay, okay. But but wait a second. You you don't you don't look like the shaman. Where where is 
are you suggesting that I should be wearing my horns and face paint all the time? <laughs> you did with Michael Knowles. <laughs> it's because it's what he requested. He, he they requested that I wear it, so I wore it. You, if are you, you wanted serious? it, you should have asked for it. Oh, oh wait, bad. they actually asked you to say, "Hey, man, we want you with the face paint and the whole thing on." Yeah, if you would have said that, I would have said okay. Okay. Well, we got time. Hey, what you doing? Yeah. Is the paint yeah. close? <laughs> it's like getting coffee, right, Jake? Oh, <laughs> uh, it's yeah. It would take a little. It would take at least ten minutes. Yeah, that's, that, that's all right. That's all right. Well, well, well you, you, you've got. Surely you've got the the the, the hat though. Like that. That's that doesn't take. Yeah, 10 I have. Minutes. I have the. I have the fur and the and the horns. They're they're easily you know grabbed well, if that's really something you want. No, I don't feel like being like that. Okay, I don't feel okay. like being like nose and those guys. Just, I just want like you know, people like you know. I mean, they, they, do they know that we're talking to the real? Well, the real Jake. Please stand up. The real <laughs> the tattoos. Please stand the up. The tattoos give it away. Okay. Okay. All right, um, Jake. So you show up. Uh, you're you're let into the congressional uh, chamber. Chamber. Right, yeah. Uh, by Capitol Police on January sixth, and um, and if I if I recall correctly, you went up to a microphone and you said a prayer. Um, and, and I'm and I'm curious was was, was that a, um, you go by the name Shaman, but I it sounded like a Christian prayer. Are you a Christian? Um, and what what was the purpose of of going there and saying that prayer? How does that work? Well, I don't consider myself a Christian. I consider myself a disciple of Christ. Um, the reason why I don't consider myself a Christian is because so like the so many Buddhists are not like Buddha, many Christians are not like Christ. So I walk in the footsteps of Christ. I practice what it is that Christ taught. Um, I believe that Christ was the ultimate shaman, and everything that he did actually fits very much in line with my shamanic beliefs. So that's the reason why I invoke the name of Christ uh, in the chamber because Lord knows the demonic entities, they do not like the demonic entities, the evil spirits do not like the name of Christ being invoked and the name of Yeshua being spoken. Mm -hmm. I see. Oh yeah. So back up. What, what, what brought you there on January 6th? What, what, what were you, were you planning to do that? Um, was, was that your no. hope? <laughs> I didn't know. How, how do you end up there in that moment? By the grace of God, I suppose, um, you know, uh, I went to January 6th thinking that it was going to be a peaceful demonstration the way that there was a peaceful MAGA Million March on the 12th of December in 2020. I went to the MAGA Million March in December of 2020. Everything was fine. There was people around the Capitol, people around the Supreme Court. Everything was fine. No, no uh -huh. chaos, no, you know, Nothing. I just so that's what I thought was going to happen on January sixth. Yeah. And the other thing is, is Washington D.C. is built on electromagnetic ley lines, so the millions of people filing into D.C. on those ley lines on that day was a very large surge of energy into those ley lines. And as a shamanic practitioner and understanding of sacred sites and electromagnetic ley lines. It was my shamanic duty to be there to ensure that things were peaceful and that the vibes were as high as possible. Did it work? Um, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> what about Ashley Babbitt? Think about it. Well, and I said, I think about it. There were over a million people in Washington, D.C. on that day. Less than 1% have been arrested for violent crimes. So I would say that the 
rally itself, the whole MAGA Million March, the mil- most of the millions of the people that were there were peaceful. You were arrested. So did it work? Well, work how? I don't know. Maybe define that for me. Well, try to look at it like this. As a shamanic practitioner, it my raise the consciousness of the planet and of humanity as a whole. It is my goal to ensure the sanctity and the survivability of the children seven generations ahead. I'm thinking centuries ahead. I'm considering the seventh generation. So um, if Post we mill. ask ourselves, what is the goal? If the goal is to transform the consciousness of humanity and think about it, like the media and the government created a paradigm that was largely proved to be inaccurate or um, in many ways doctored. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that Tucker Carlson released the footage of me in the Capitol. Yeah. So, Mm. right. I'm a little confused because it seems like you've come out with an apology about doing this though too, right? Well, yeah, I had no idea that the media was going to use my face and my image to create a shock and awe campaign that was going to divide the country. Um, I don't like the idea of my image being used to create fear, regardless of whatever um, my intentions were. Mm -hmm. Entering the Capitol was illegal. That for that, I am sorry. Mm -hmm. Would, Would you do it all over again? I mean, do you think, do you think like you accomplished something that where it's like, yeah, that was worth it. You know, going to jail, all that stuff. Yeah. I'll do it all over again. You know, was it worth it or was it, uh, did you accomplish, you, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I understand what you're saying. That, um, it's a tough question because there's a lot of the, there's a lot that goes into it and considering the shortness of our segment I don't know if we have the time to dive into that question. Um, everybody has regrets in life. However, in order to move forward in life, we have to put the past behind us and work with the hand that we are dealt. I choose not to live in regret because it's far too heavy a burden to carry with our with me in the future all i can do is make best with the time and the circumstances that i have um would i do it all over again there's certain things that i would certainly do differently I'm, but hindsight is always 2020 isn't it yeah um i would definitely try to stop the chaos before it got started. I tried in the beginning uh, before there was ever any concussion grenades or tear gas thrown into the crowd, the otherwise peaceful crowd, mind you. Yeah. Um, I tried to, to calm things down, but it was clear at a certain point that, I mean, who's going to listen to the guy in the horns and the face paint telling everybody <laughs> to be peaceful and calm down. <laughs> <laughs> well, Fair enough. So, so, I mean, so speaking of which, um, I mean, so does, does the head, you know, does the headdress, does the, the face paint, does this actually, does this help you? 
I mean, or, or, you know, I mean, there's, there's sort of the 13th clown principle, you know, you got 12 clowns and if you stand up next to them, like there you are, you're the 13th clown, regardless if you look, what, whatever you're wearing, it what, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're wearing, but yeah. then, you know, you add to it face paint and horns. And if you have a message, I mean, is that, uh, and you said, I, I didn't really appreciate the news using that to divide the nation, create fear. Uh, but you know, you, you'll go hang out with Michael Knowles with it. Um, is, is, you know, is it helping? Well, you see part of the strategy behind the horns and the face paint and the tattoos, um, is a, it is a part of my shamanic beliefs. It is akin to wearing priestly robes in the shamanic tradition. It is symbolic in many different ways. And, the principle behind it is to shock the cognitive system of the tribe so that the tribe realizes once that cognitive, uh, once that paradigm has been shattered, the, the shaman can come to the tribe and say, what you think is reality is just a cultural paradigm. And what you think is reality is not what reality actually is. And in this way, the shaman is able to breach the cultural paradigm and help people to understand the true nature of reality and the interconnectivity that the tribe and humanity has to nature. What is the paradigm that you think that needs to be broken? Well, we are living in an illusion of separation. And in the Amazonian to evil, because if separate from thy neighbor, love thy neighbor as thyself, right? If they believe that they are separate from nature, then they will commit soulless atrocities on their neighbor and on nature. So the paradigm that needs to be shattered is the illusion of separation. We are, in fact, an interconnected whole. Mormonism. We are all That's one. Mormonism. We are all one un in the, in the, under the Father. You know, we are all one in the eyes of God and we are all one in God for King. The kingdom of heaven is within you. How, how long have you been a shaman? How did you become one? Well, I'm a self-initiated uh, shamanic practitioner. I was not like brought into this tradition under the wing of a other shamanic practitioner. I investigated shamanism uh, over 10 years ago and began my self-initiation process around 2012. I kind of dabbled in it before then, only to realize that this is not something that you dabble in. It's either 100% or nothing at all. So I went 100% in 2012, and in all of the shamanic traditions, there are certain initiations that shamanic practitioners go through, and I initiated myself into those traditions, whether it be over 100 hours worth of tattoos, whether it be fasting, whether it be prolonged um, retreats in nature, whether it be um, sexual abstinence, whether it be plants, uh, you name it. I have pretty much uh, gone down all of these roads and come out the other end uh, a stronger, better man. You know, you, you went to jail uh, for two years. I mean, they locked you up for two years. Um, how, how long were you waiting for your trial? Because I think you, were in, you waited for your trial. You were in jail waiting for your trial. Uh, and then they, what did they put you in jail for? You know, what was that whole process like? Um, and what did they lock you up for? 
um, what they said was that I was being detained because I was a danger to society and that I was a flight risk, which basically means that if I was released back into the public, then I would be a danger. And that if I was released back into the public, I might flee. And this is kind of interesting because I I called the FBI when I found out they were looking for me. I set up the appointment. I turned myself in. And there's no evidence of me committing a violent crime. So I think what it was was that they wanted to make an example of the poster boy. Um, They kept me in solitary confinement for 10 and a half months. And they said that this was for my protection. And they also said it was for COVID. Yeah. Okay. Now, why that doesn't make sense is because when I was transferred to Oklahoma and when I was transferred to Colorado, I was in general population both of those times. So did COVID and my protection all of a sudden disappear? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So to me, it's uh, the, the reasons why I was being detained, however bogus I may feel they were, they sort of turned out to my advantage because I, I served large a large portion of my sentence and then all i had to do was uh you know about oh you know like 16 months or something like that 17 months in a prison and then i was released to the public uh because i gained Six months worth of First Step Act credit. So I got six months off my sentence for doing programming while I was in prison. And I had six months off for good time. So I got released a year early. Uh, But were you actually convicted of something? Yeah, I pled guilty to obstruction of an official proceeding. Okay. Was something official happening in that building? Yeah, they were. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They were certifying yep. the election. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Co- Congress okay. was meeting. Yeah. In, in that moment, um, being a shaman and knowing about the electrical field that was going on, why didn't you warn people that this was a trap? I had no idea. If I had known it was a trap, I would have said, it's a trap. Well, I mean, if you know, well, if you know, uh, fair enough. I mean, if you know, I I, I grant that, but as a shaman, someone who considers themselves to be somewhat of a priestly person, you're wearing priestly garments and your understanding of this. um, And you know that there's an electrical field pulling people a particular way that they probably shouldn't be going. You should know at some point that this is not a good thing, right? Well, that's why I tried to calm the crowd down before shit got crazy. Uh, forgive the language. That's why I tried to calm the crowd down before things. And once the tear gas and the concussion grenades were thrown into the crowd, all hell broke loose. But, so then wow. were, were you being pulled into the, um, the, the chambers? Did you feel yourself being pulled into the chambers? Yeah, it's a, it's a long story. I'm sorry. It's a long story. Um, I really don't want to say things that the government and the media will distort, but part of shamanism is chasing off evil spirits and cleansing sacred spaces. And I'm of the belief that uh, the Capitol building, which is built on ley lines, um, and the Senate chamber have been for many, many, many moons contaminated by evil spirits. And um, if I'm in the building, then I'm going to 
do my shamanic duty and sing my shamanic song, chase those evil spirits off. Um, what if you could pinpoint, um, where did this evil start in, in our nation, in, in that building, in that, you know, what, where would you pinpoint the beginning of, of the evilness that are, that's our nation's going down? Oh, well, I would probably say with the uh, installation of the Federal Reserve, that's probably what really did it. Um, but and then can because think about it, in order for the Federal Reserve to be a thing, it would have to pass both the House and the Senate. Right. The Federal Reserve Act. And that's the only way it could get on the desk of Woodrow Wilson, a Democrat, mm -hmm. in order for something like a that socialist. to happen. <laughs> right. Is well, that your next target? Just wonder what the Federal Reserve. Well, I don't really, uh, I wouldn't say it's a target. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Be careful with the words. Is that the next place you yeah, want to go I, cleanse? I would say, I would say. Are they going to arrest us because we asked I you that question? That, no. <laughs> What's that? Are they going to arrest us because we asked you that question? <laughs> target? Well, they're definitely, you better believe they're listening. Yeah. You know, the, the Iron Curtain and the people behind it are uh, certainly having their ears perked and they're just waiting for me to say something damning. Yeah. 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 Um, what, what do you think, um, what do you think is the, maybe one of the central things? I mean, I know you, in terms of shamanism, you mentioned the notion of people being, feeling uh, sort, sort of uh, separated uh, from nature, from one another. Um, um, culturally, politically, um, what are you hoping to convince people to do? Like what, what would, what would, um, what do you think people need to be doing given, uh, the world we live in right now? Well, I advocate for people on Saturdays to go down to their local state capital because all the capitals in the United States are built on electromagnetic ley lines, like just like DC. I advocate for people to go down to their, their capitals on Saturdays when there's nobody in the buildings and therefore nobody is on the ley lines in these buildings of power, I advocate for people to go down there and pray, go down, unite and be peaceful and fill the, uh, um, the grid, the ley lines with love, with peace, with harmony, with unity and exercise their freedoms. I also advocate that people talk about Nikola Tesla and his Tesla Tower technology, which would give people infinite free, clean, wireless electricity, and talk about Dr. Reif and Dr. Reif's machine, which basically was a cure for disease using uh, uh, frequencies and sound to kill uh, microbiological organisms that are invasive to the body. Similar to how you can kill or destroy a wine glass with sound and frequency, you yeah. can also destroy cancer cells or viruses with sound and frequency as well. And that also goes for parasites, fungal infections, and all sorts of things. So the reason why I say that is because the electromagnetic ley lines play a much larger role in our society than people realize. That's why these buildings are built on them. And the people that are in these buildings are creating law or code, right? They're mm -hmm. creating yeah. law made out of words. Words are code. And then those words or that code affects our minds. It affects our thoughts. It affects our emotions and it affects our behavior mm -hmm. based on what we can buy, what we can sell, what is legal, what is illegal, etc. 
And in this way, these individuals in these buildings have created bad code because the laws are serving less than 1% of the population. Mm -hmm. The laws are serving the people that have created the Federal Reserve, the 150 international corporations that seek to monopolize our resources and the corrupt government that is using their monopoly on the initiation of force in order to enforce the global new world order agenda. Jake, so, so, how do you know? How do you know? Um, how do you know what which laws are good and which laws are evil? How, how do you how do you know? Uh, e- even like a minute ago, when you said going down and and um, you know uh, praying at the at Capitol buildings, love, uh, love and unity, peace. Um, I mean, as you may very well know, I mean, we have a massive cultural conflict over just the definition of words. Um, you know, the, but you know, somebody says, you know, this is all about freedom and they want to kill their little babies in the, in their mother's, you know, in the mother's womb and in, in abortion, or somebody says love is love. And that means that, you know, they're going to give harmful chemicals to a little boy who, you well, know, chemically castrated confused himself, yeah. and thinks he's going to be a little girl or, or love is love. And two dudes think they can get married or, uh, you know, wh- whatever. Like, so how do you know? Um, what is the standard for, you know, justice or injustice, love, peace, unity? I mean, we can't just say those words. We have to know what they mean. Well, that's why I advocate for Dr. Rife and Tesla Tower Technology, because Dr. Rife's machine would create, look at it like this. Every Democrat and Republican in the nation can agree that if there's a cure for disease or for cancer, then it should be released to the public in spite of the fact that it will affect the pharmaceutical company's profits. Everybody can agree on that. Everybody can agree on a decentralized energy grid and decentralized communicate companies and their profits or on the globalist communication grid and their profits. So these are things that everybody can unite on and agree on. These are things everybody can come to common ground and say, yeah, you know what? That makes sense. And um, love is the act of dissolving the boundaries of this illusion of separation and treating the individual the way that they would want to be treated. It's the golden rule. Now, when it comes to things like abortion, anybody that's for abortion, I usually say, well, are you are you glad that your mother didn't abort you? Mm-hmm. And it, would you want to give that same equal treatment of a right to life to other children? So you're right. What has happened is that words have been used as a means of hijacking the system as a whole. And through the obscuring of words and what the definition for those words are, our society has been plunged into chaos. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also, it's a, it's a way of co-opting. For example, the word progress. If I say the word progress, a lot of conservatives get cringe because they think, well, the progress, that's, that's what, you know, the, the liberals want. They want progress. They're progressives. And it's like, no, 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 no. The word progress has been co-opted. It has been hijacked as a means of creating a reversion back to totalitarian dictatorship type rule. Yeah. What do you think, um, so you kind of gave a definition of love. Um, you, you, you said it, um, it's tied into the, to the golden rule, but a, I mean that 
that plays right into the hands. It, you know, we, we can talk about love, you know, love your neighbors yourself, but that, that still is not defining what love is. It's that's, that's how the LGBT community is getting away with what they're getting away with is because, well, you know, what's wrong with two men want to be together if they love each other, what's wrong with two women want to be together. So it's, so it's still not defining what love really is. There's still massive conflict and you're actually giving an argument to the LGBT community to do what they want to do. So it's not like, like anchor the well. I'm of the belief deeper. that it's it's none of the government's business what people do behind closed doors as long as it doesn't involve children and unwilling participants or rape. Who says that? So I'm of the belief. What's that? Who says that? So so part of what I'm, I'm saying what I'm that. pushing yeah, but but well then it's just two people talking against each other. I'm saying this. I'm saying that. I'm, what I'm trying to get as like where where's that deeper definition of like that more objective absolute definition that applies to the whole world and not just me and you trying to debate over i say this you say that i say love is this you say love is that that doesn't get anywhere what's the deeper truth there the deeper truth in my opinion is that human beings have used words to dehumanize others for millennia Mm -hmm. and one of the things about this illusion of separation is the dehumanization of other pedophiles mm-hmm. and that they are using the LGBT community to push their agenda to sexualize children and mutilate children's genitals. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there's, I have a lot of LGBT friends, people that are transgender and people that are gay. And all they've ever wanted to do was have equality. All they've ever wanted to do was blend into society without negative judgment from anybody. Now, there's a lot of progress that was made on that front, and the pedophiles that have co-opted the LGBT community have used them like a shield to push this pedophilic agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm of the belief that when it comes to love, love allows us to see things as they are, not as we are. A lot of the time, we see situations as we are, not as they are. And so love dissolves boundaries. Love is the recognition that everything is one recognition of the truth of unity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's actually uh pretty much the central. I, I, I think I completely disagree. <laughs> actually, <laughs> I, I think, I think the, the, uh, you know, following Jesus, I mean, he, he comes, I think it's the devil who wants to blur all the distinctions, right? right. The, the devil wants to say the things that God has separated and made different the devil is the one that wants to blend it all together. Male is female. Female is male. Um, we, he's, a man can love a man. But, woman can love a but woman. But when God created the world in the beginning, his word is what gives existence to being. And his word is what we notice in Genesis 1. He's separating everything. He's, he's, and he calls it good. He separates the water above and the water below. He, he separates the land from the water. Uh, he, he gives them different names and distinguishes them. And it's that those distinctions um, that give creation and the world its glory and its beauty. And even a separation where he says, don't eat from this tree, don't eat from this fruit. Um, He's teaching us to honor those good separations and distinctions that he's made in the world. And it's our sin that disobeyed God, listening to the serpent, listening to the devil and saying, no, I'm going to, I'm going to overcome this separation. I'm going to grasp that fruit. I'm going to eat it. Now I'm going to be God. Um, That's what I think that's, that's the, the satanic lie. And it's actually Christ who comes to reestablish these good distinctions in the world. Sin is what blurs it all. 
it's Christ who came by his mm. life, death, mm. burial, and resurrection to take a, it's it's sin that does create a kind of separation. Uh, that's true. But when the sin is taken away, what we find is all these good and glorious distinctions that God created in the world yeah. that were by his Holy Spirit enabled to honor again. And so we see male and female. We see marriage for what it is between one man and one woman. We see human life different from the beasts and honored uh, from conception. We see creation as God uh, created it and mm. its glory and its beauty. Um, I, I mean, I, I think there's pieces of what you're, you're saying that I think have, have like little fragments of, of some of that truth there. But I actually think that um, that, that message of oneness is from the devil. And I, I think it's it's. Well, I, I happen to disagree entirely. Yeah, um, I can tell. Quant- uh, physics can tell. has proven physics. Physics has proven that everything is one. You know, when we talk about the Bible and Genesis, I mean, do you guys know where the origins for Genesis came from and the Torah? I mean, it from came God. from Sumerian tablets. Um, you know, so like we have to really begin to dissect what it is that we're choosing to believe, whether or not it's based on dogma or it's based on personal experience. The reason I chose shamanism as my path is because it is based on experience. It's not based on priestcraft. It's not based on dogma. It's not based on any sort of um, other person making up my mind for me. Now, I agree to a certain extent that yes, the, uh, you know, man and man and woman and that being like, you know, the biological sexes being separate is a part of this duality divinity system. But it is yin and yang, and the yin and yang are a part of the same whole. That sounds so dogmatic. And so, in though. my what's that? That sounds dogmatic. Well, no, no. What it is is it's just a recognition of objective reality. You see, l- look at it like this: the universe can be d- d- comprised of three different views of reality. You have the objective collective universe. Then you have a what's called a personal subjective universe. That is a view of this objective collective universe that is based on a subjective view of reality. Then you have what are called collective subjective universes that are comprised of people with a personal subjective view of the universe. And then they all gather together and agree on this subjective view that they have personally. And everybody gathers together and agrees on that subjective view. Part of why I practice shamanism is because it is the intent of the shaman to grasp the collective objective universe in its entirety and live in that reality, not a personal subjective universe. The fact of the matter is, regardless of whether or not the government gets involved or churches have their say, homosexuality is going to be a fact in the world. In fact, when you look at nature, there are homosexual animals. There are homosexual uh, um, uh, life forms on the planet. But you also and look at so, nature. You also look at nature, and you see hyenas raping. So is that okay? Well, yeah. So, so, so it's it's what I'm. I guess what I'm getting at, and I'm not saying one way. I'm not saying rape is good. Um, I think is rape is bad. You know? Why? But, but, but um, you're well, just pointing why? to nature to back up homosexuality. Right. You're just saying you're just referencing well, no, nature. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. 
what I'm trying to say is it's none of your business what two men try to do with one another behind closed doors. And you have no moral authority whatsoever to tell them that what they're doing is wrong, that God is the only judge of that. And if we look at what Christ taught while he was here on earth and the way that he treated Samarians, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Samaritans, the way that he treated the Romans and the way they everyone is welcome at my father's table, the sons of Abraham and the pagans, then we begin to see the Christ-like love that is in his teachings. And if we simply obey the laws of Moses, the Ten Commandments, then we will ascend to this Christ-like level of consciousness. But it is not about a punitive action toward those that choose not to obey. It's about being the change you wish to see in the world. And in that same way, you will permeate that change all around you well there you go so there it is so you keep the law of moses absolutely why are you tattooed then does it say in the ten commandments thou shalt not get um leviticus chapter 19 Leviticus say in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not get tattooed. Leviticus 19, verses 28. You shall not make any cuts on your body for the dead or tattoo yourselves. I am the Lord. Does it say in the Ten Commandments that you can't get tattooed? Moses, Moses wrote the Ten Commandments and he wrote Leviticus. Well, no, God wrote the Ten Commandments. Right, through Moses. On Okay. And, and this is this is how I look at these things, okay? Let me ask you: Do you do you believe in the Talmud? Do we believe? I mean, it exists. It's the tradition. It's I know, but no. What I'm saying is: Do you believe in in the words that are in the Talmud? Uh, not as God's word, but as okay, uh, okay, as, right, right, right. Tradition. So the Pharisees and the Sadducees are the ones that wrote the Talmud, right? Right. Okay. So is it then possible that there are portions of Hebrew Scripture that were written by men? for men as opposed to written by God for men. That's possible, but that's not what the Bible is. The Bible was written by God, uh, inspired by God through men. So the Bible's the, the Bible's God's word, you know, Je- Genesis Jesus, through Revelation. Jesus refers back and quotes Deuteronomy multiple times and says that he refers to it as both Moses writing, but the also, law. but he also refers to it as scripture, yeah. as, as Holy scripture, not, merely as traditions of men. Jesus does. Okay. So this is my thing on all of that. I travel a different path than most people. Um, I don't like what the Council of Nicaea did when it came to omitting certain things from the, um, the canon of the Bible. I don't like what King James things. Um, what I do, and this is part of why I practice shamanism, is, is I believe that our religious and spiritual institutions have become as highly corrupt, and the truth of these spiritual teachings has become largely obscured. And it's for that reason that our socioeconomic and geopolitical systems have become so corrupt and so obscured, because our re- spiritual view of reality is where that obscurity and that corruption started. So because I've pretty much just shaken off the dogma of all religions and chose to investigate all religions uh, of reality, I have come to this conclusion that shamanism is the basis for all religions. And I'm going to practice the shamanic traditions in the 
highest form possible, which is one that is based in love, which is one that is based in peace, which is one that is based in unity and freedom. And so I don't, I don't per se think that everything that in the Bi- that is in the Bible was written exactly the way that God intended. I think that through mistranslation and through um, like the telephone game, a lot of it may have become distorted. Not all of it. There's definitely a lot of truth in it. And I definitely have a lot of belief in the truth that's in that book. I've, I read a lot of it while I was in prison. But there's also other things in the Bible that I was just absolutely appalled by. Like, for example, um, you know, when when I think it was Lot and his daughters, uh, Lot's daughters got him drunk and then, you know, basically had sex with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's incest. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also massive amounts of examples of genocide where God told the Israelites to basically kill all the men, women, and children and livestock in a city. That just doesn't seem like something that God would tell men to do if God was a loving God the way that Christ talks about. Well, Lot was, so I Lot think, was condemned for, for those actions. Those actions where the Bible condemns incest. Um, as far as the genocide of, of a nation, it was a idolatrous nation that was... Uh, ransacking the people of God and um, God in his just judgment told Israel to go ransack that nation. So we have no problem with God's justice. And, and when he calls well, us, but, to, but, but to at meet that point, justice. then we're getting to the words again, we're getting into this use of words to, co- to commit atrocities and we're getting into this use of dehumanization and, and separation being the origins of evil in the world. Because, let because fund- God, you're, fun, you're fundamentally though you've everybody's got to have ultimately um, either um, you submit to God and you submit to His Word um, and you try you say because He's God because He's the Lord because He made this place He can do what He wants um, or you say I don't think God's like that I can't I can't believe in a God like that I can't trust a God like that which fundamentally means that you are going to be your own God. You can say God all day long. No, look at it like this. Imagine if you had a direct line of communication to God. Imagine if you spoke with God on a daily basis and God spoke back. Would you take the word of God that you were hearing in your heart and in your soul over the words of men written in books thousands of years ago? Or would you, which, which way would you go? So I commune directly with the almighty and i do what it is that god has instructed me to do and so in many ways i have been instructed by god that the current religious institutions these mega churches these um uh other religions have become heavily distorted by priestcraft. And Christ pretty much said the same thing during his time, just like Buddha said the same thing during his time, just like Krishna said the same thing during his time. You know, Moses himself said the same things about the Israelites. Um, so there's um, a pattern in history of moral distortion based off of a reversion in human behavior back to a more primitive view of reality, not a, a awakened view or an illuminated view of reality. We actually, and I agree. Reg- regardless of what anybody else thinks, I'm going to follow what God says. The thing to just watch out for is that, you know, I think there've been a lot of people that have thought that they were hearing from God 
and um, it says that Satan appears as an angel of light, and um, and and there are you know the Adam and Eve, the first people, um, uh, perfect people. Uh, you know, the devil came to them, um, offered them knowledge like God, enlightenment like God, and what he was actually offering them was a was a poisonous lie that plunged our whole human race into this place. Um, and I, and I think that's the thing is that's why to your, to answer your question, the Bible teaches over and over again, um, that we need to go back to the word, to the word. Um, that's, uh, in Isaiah, the prophet, he particularly says, watch out, uh, watch out for the witches, watch out for the mediums, watch out for those who chirp and mutter and say that they have a word from the spirits. Um, there's, that's why Moses warned about, uh, dabbling in witchcraft and, and the spirit world, uh, because, um, there are other powers out there besides uh, the living true God, the, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and that would just be my, um, I don't know, my encouragement to you for whatever's worth. I know no, I, I, know I get it. I, I get it. I just, paths. you know, and I've seen miracles, very real miracles that could only have come from God. And when I asked for them, I got them. And um, I'll just, you know, I could give you a brief example of, uh, and it's not, a miracle in the way that most people might see, but um, in my prison cell in uh, Florence, Arizona, and I, I had just got sentenced, I was freaking out. And I had my Bible in my cell with me. And I said, God, you asked me to go through this. You asked me to do this. And now they're talking about 25 year maximum. I need you to show me that you are with me. I need you to tell me, speak to me, Speak to me now, and I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm going to open this Bible. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to open this Bible. I'm going to point at a random verse with my eyes closed, and I need you to just show me a miracle. Bible pointed to a random verse with my eyes. Have redeemed you and called you by name, O Jacob. And so that, it's things like that, and other things like I, you know, the miracles that I've in, uh, I have experienced throughout my life have been too numerous to count. Uh, you know, I have visions of the future that came true. I've had deja vu's and stuff that were, you know, memories from before my physical birth. Um, I've had all sorts of experiences that most people would consider mystical in nature, and it is from this perspective that I have come to this really interesting place that most people can't understand or don't want to try to. Well, for my, for my two cents, I would encourage you to keep reading your Bible. And, uh, I, I can't tell if, if, uh, if our paths are getting closer or getting further away, but, but nevertheless, um, I, I really appreciate you taking time to, to hang out with us today. And, uh, and, uh, you know, the Lord be with you. And, uh, Keep reading your Bible, man, and I, I'll trust <laughs> that um, maybe over time uh, you'll come to know the Lord Jesus in a better way. Oh, dude, I, I know the Lord Jesus. Jesus is my homeboy. Me and Jesus <laughs> are like, bro. That's, that's, that, that's the line that scares me. That Would you hold on one second, Jake? I want to talk to you just a little bit before we go, all right? All right, hold on one second. All right, if you pray for Jake, please. He's lots of prayer. We're going to talk a little more after the show. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids. If you have kids, go baptize them. Until next time, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politic. I hope my son is gay. And I hope that Jesus forgives him just like he does the rest of us.
Doug Wilson, Moscow minister and columnist with the Idahonian Daily News. The question that confronts us is what does it mean in a disobedient culture to be prophetic? There be a place for same-sex couples? Uh, no, no marriage. Even though it's the law of the land in the United States? Uh, just like Roe used to be. We want to turn the world upside down, and you don't turn the world upside down by being nice. I believe that we are in, in this polytheistic, pluralistic moment, and the desperate need of the hour is for our Christian leadership to say, Jesus is Lord, and there is no other. Fear no man.